Episode 8, And the Youth Shall Lead Us. This week, we began talking about the Ethiopian Airlines crash. Then a lot of other news unfolded. First, a highly anticipated candidacy announcement for the 2020 U.S. elections, presidential elections. Then, a story that shattered our sense of serenity happening at the bottom of the world. But, there's always hope, and it came this week through school children skipping school this week. Keep listening. Welcome to Peace Matters, a show that uncovers peace in our communities, our countries, and deep within our souls. I'm your host, Maya Mathias, founder of Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. Join me as I share three things in the show. One, stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. Two, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. And three, updates on the peace-building work I do, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. Be sure to head over to InventiveLinks.com to sign up for our Peace Matters newsletter, where I share bonus resources to build more peace in your world. And now, on with the show. Part 1. As the World Turns stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. I started this week with episode 7 of this podcast, thinking that the biggest story of the week would be the potential grounding of all Boeing 737 MAX 8 airplanes. Because at the time I started episode 7, all but the US, Canada, and a few other countries had grounded the airplane in an abundance of caution. And because I was personally about to travel on an airline that was still flying the MAX 8 plane, it was a personal story to me. And the good news was that just hours after I had recorded episode 7, both Canada and the US acted on what they described as new evidence of connections between how Lion Air and the Ethiopian Airlines crash happened. It was enough of a connection for them to feel they needed to ground it, they needed to ground the Max 8 plane too. While it did end up affecting my travel plans, I had to reshuffle my travel schedule and wake up a few hours earlier in order to make my flight. I was grateful that I feel they made the right choice in the end. And although countries like Canada and the US are more used to leading the pack in terms of decision making, this time they played follower, but at least they made the decision. And I, as a traveling passenger, feel safe and cared for because of it. So on to the other news of the week. Beto O'Rourke generated a lot of buzz when he ran for a U.S. Senate seat in the fairly red state of Texas. He almost won that race. He lost by just a couple of percentage points. And in the process of running that campaign during the midterms in 2018, he generated a lot of excitement 
all across the political spectrum because he managed to assemble a coalition that wasn't typical of a Democratic Party coalition. He managed to rally independents and many Republicans to his cause. So even though he had not won his senator seat, people were still super excited and wondering if he would throw his hat into the ring to run for president in 2020. And this week, true to form, he did finally announce his candidacy and he did it in glamorous style with a Vanity Fair magazine cover story and a campaign video that was very heartfelt and filled with his typical and uplifting, soaring rhetoric with his wife um, sitting by his side. Now, it's still early days, but the chattering class in Washington are already criticizing the fact that he is being a little too vague in his policy positions because other candidates running in 2020 are making much clearer stands on where they feel they sit on different issues. And when asked about it, Beto quipped that he is currently on a listening tour of sorts. He is at the beginning of his campaign, and he is open to input from the people that he will meet on the campaign trail. So I know this is his style and his general leadership approach, and I do appreciate it. I do feel, though, that he does need to succumb to some, at least a few, clearer positions on some issues. He doesn't have to give up his desire for openness, but he does need to be clear enough on some positions so that people who need that sense of certainty will feel more assured in siding with his candidacy. Now, on to the story that I just could not turn away from. It happened late Thursday night in America, and it was Friday afternoon in New Zealand time. I was watching the news at night when this unbelievable story crossed the headlines. Christchurch, New Zealand, a little sleepy hollow of a town in the South Island of that country, was experiencing a mass shooting event where a self-professed white nationalist had stormed two mosques and killed, as of now, I believe it's 50 or 51 people with dozens still injured and many of those injured fighting for their lives. And the thing is, again, this is a personal story for me because I happened to visit Christchurch in towards the end of 2001. And as I look back on it, it was months after September 11th had happened. So that memory was still very fresh in my mind when I visited New Zealand. Christchurch in particular, I guess part of that trip was me wanting to find some solace after witnessing 9-11 happen to us as a human species. And where did I seek refuge? I decided to go to one of the most serene places I could think of at the time, New Zealand. 
And I'm not the only one, the only traveler who goes there for that reason. It really is held as one of the most serene and peaceful places on earth, which is the exact reason why I could not turn away when this mass shooting occurred, because I was trying to just wrap my head around the fact that yet another place that I felt could remain sacred, remain removed from this growing wave of hatred and violence in the world, that shattering of innocence was happening to me. It was a sullying of the beautiful memories that I have of that trip and of New Zealand as a country and its people. And it is yet another stain on our collective capacity for unity. Part 2, OM is where the heart is, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. Now, given all the darkness in the headlines this week, I did spend some time drinking in the one bright spot in this week's news, when on Friday, March 15th, thousands upon thousands of school children went on strike on behalf of the climate. Because they're tired of us adults not doing enough, not doing it quickly enough to turn the climate change train around, the train that's already careening out of control and sending us down a ravine of raging fires, devastating cyclones, and the like. I am so proud of these young children, and I understand why they're doing it. No longer can they trust us older people, the people that they're supposed to look up to, to help them do the right thing, or to guide them, or to protect them and keep them feeling safe. They are truly my inspiration now for doing even more work in the climate arena to bridge the divides between what these children know needs to be done to save the future that they feel they have a right to, and to this weird space that us older people seem to inhabit when it comes to climate change work, where we want to do things and somehow we feel handcuffed in so many different ways, or we get stuck in our heads about what is the right thing to do instead of actually doing something concrete and something practical and something that feels like we are meeting the urgency of the needs of climate change. One other thing that I'm feeling really heartened by is my work has brought me to Nashville, Tennessee for the next week. And I've only been in Nashville for a few hours now, and I am already loving it. And here's the thing, so much of this podcast and the Peace Matters newsletter that I produce each week talks about and and tries to find a way through the divisions that many of us seem to be experiencing in the world today. And I can say with certainty that I've already met people here in Nashville from both sides of the political spectrum, and I have had amazing conversations with, with all of them. 
they've been nothing but welcoming and we have bonded over common themes like health and well-being and most importantly given Nashville's reputation we've bonded over music because music is a common language that transcends so many of our differences it calls to our hearts and spirits it uplifts us and gives us a common language to speak with even though we might come from very very different backgrounds and so i feel i find myself in this space of gratitude and an even deeper understanding for the power of music and what it can do not just to heal our individual hearts but to bring our collective hearts together and to move forward through the world with more peace and understanding Part 3, News and Views, updates on our peace-building work, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. So after many months of thinking things through and designing ways in which my work can be simplified and distilled even further, I am starting a new series of campaigns under the hashtag 30 steps for humanity or hashtag 30sfh for short you see when all's said and done many of the things i care about write about and coach around have to do with reviving our sense of humanity in all the ways that we miss it not being here and in all the ways that we want it back in our lives. I'm still putting the final pieces together and if you want to learn more about my 30 steps for humanity campaigns, do subscribe to my Peace Matters newsletter by going to inventivelinks.com and sign up right there on the homepage. And as always, Remember to check out inventivelinks.com/events for dates and registration details of all my upcoming live workshops that help you build a more peaceful and meaningful existence for yourself and others. All right, I'm going to leave it there for this episode of the Peace Matters podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Peace Matters with me, Maya Mathias. This podcast is proudly powered by Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it by going to inventivelinks.com/support. Want to take your podcast experience to the next level? Sign up for my next online workshop. and start building a stronger path to peace inside and out go to inventivelinks.com/events for more information sign up for a workshop then show up with your best questions on the stories and insights we feature and with a sincere desire to lead a more peaceful existence till next time let's make peace matter more each day bye for now